0: thank you once again and always for finding yourself at this podcast i am very grateful for you your existence and your presence today the guest is jesse sussman and he is a mastermind when it comes to creativity because he believes that when you take care of your humanness first your art and your creativity will thrive. Please feel free to give Jesse a follow on his Instagram, and also you can sign up for his newsletter, both of which I've linked in the show description. I won't ramble on too much because I am just so excited for you to listen to this episode. Without further ado, this is my conversation with Jesse Sussman and enjoy listening to his beautiful perspective. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode. I cannot express how excited I am to have this conversation with. This is the first conversation I've actually ever had with uh, the guest today. Uh, his name is Jesse Sussman. And, Jesse, first of all, so grateful to be able to have this conversation with you. Thank you. And,. Already as we were talking before we started recording, the synchronicities and the alignment around uh, us crossing paths is is amazing. It's beautiful. Um, and so thank you for being here and why don't you just give uh, people a, a rundown of kind of you know your history, how you ended up here, um, really what called you and led you to finding this this mission that you are on?
1: Awesome. Ryan first thanks so much for having me I really appreciate it and uh, I'm grateful to connect with you and see that we're on a very similar path (laughs) Um, as far as an intro I'm an artist writer and musician Um, but more than that I'm a human being that's just trying to express myself creatively to make sense of why I'm a human being (laughs) Um, what I try to do is help artists overcome the inner critic so that they can honor their authentic expression and feel more accepting of themselves as human beings and it's a long story of how I got to this point but mostly through my own confusion and desperation and not knowing what the hell I was doing and finding art as a vessel to understand my own humanity my own confusion and using it as a way to become more accepting of myself so I've been in the music industry I've been in the publishing industry I've always thought that those things were going to be the answer for me. There were almost no answers that I expected that happened the way that I expected them to. And, uh, the most, uh, the common thread through all of those was huge expectations, huge perfectionism, thinking that I needed to mold myself into a certain way of being in order to get accepted or to get what I thought that I wanted. And, ironically now the the thing that i feel is most of of my mission is to help other people creative people specifically artists creatives musicians anyone who goes through the creative process to become more accepting of themselves apply that to their art but also to see themselves as the more perfect humans than they think they are
0: beautiful absolutely beautiful and similar similar to kind of how i ended up here I think we kind of stumbled our way through the dark and then started catching uh, started catching some glimpses of light and it maybe turned us to a, a fork in the road that definitely wasn't really expected from me either. It was very much uh, releasing this idea of who I thought I should be or who I thought I should become and re- ultimately realizing that that entire identity construct was completely based, as you had, as you mentioned, in my own perfectionism, in my own uh, desire for validation, for worth, and really just working on releasing that and kind of accepting that. Okay, this is what the universe is now is now showing me, and it resonates at that heart level. It resonates on that intuitive level, and um, a lot of people who have listened to this, who follow me know that I am an A&R in the music industry. Um, I did mention this on a, a previous episode, uh, a couple episodes ago, that I am actually leaving my A&R position in the music industry. Hey fam, I just wanted to make a quick announcement that I am so grateful to be a part of A small group of human beings who have just launched our community, our tribe, our family. We are taking applications now. It is called the Bridge Between, and you can find the applications on our website, which is becomethebridgebetween.com. If you've ever felt like you wanted a support system and a group and family of individuals that are coming together to grow to do the inner work to open our hearts together and learn and really step into our power of love together this might be for you so if you feel called please check out the website check out the applications feel free to shoot me a dm on instagram i've also linked to the website in the show description as well as the instagram account so we cannot wait to hear from you and now i will let you get back to listening to this episode thank you for being here i love you the creative process is the process of being a human it is the process of being creative in life and it is a process of healing and observing and understanding your own perfectionism as as you had said before as well.
1: Beautifully put, man. It's uh, And congratulations, like we were talking about this beforehand, but just on making that transition, that identifying that it's the right thing for you and pursuing it. Because I don't know if it's similar for you, but when I've had to make similar decisions like that, you're almost choosing to walk away from something that feels so definite for something that feels so uncertain that you know, that there's something on the other side of that uncertainty that you want and that you're looking for, but it's almost like you're going to have to chop through a, you know, a forest for the first time to find out what that is. And you don't know what's going to be between you and the thing that you're hoping for, except now you know that it might not be everything that, it's almost like you're you're forcing yourself to follow the alignment first rather the than the um, expectation.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's pretty much removing the expectation completely and learning to do that, but understanding that the outcome is never where the treasure is. the The outcome is never where all, all of the things we're looking for exists that's the that's the byproduct and it's almost just another stepping stone in the journey but the real the gold is in the process and it's in the learning and the experience and the stepping into that uncertainty and the unknown to find what you're made of to know what you're made of to to trust in yourself and to yeah really just accept that control is an illusion uh to to a a certain extent but yeah it was a really scary process for me actually um I've always felt very in touch with my intuition and i have really throughout my whole life allowed my intuition to lead me to certain places and so Immediately when I kind of realized that this new uh Deviated path was calling me. I felt it on an intuitive level But of course the small self and the small mind wants evidence. It wants proof. It's it wants sure Sure fact of that. This is it and so it was a big process of of meditation of you know a few uh psychedelic ceremonies to really move through the distortion of fear that clouded any sort of, uh, discernment around the choice moving forward.
1: Awesome, man. And the fact that, uh, you, like I was saying before, the fact that you trusted your intuition on that level, um, is, I think that's lifelong work. I think that's the, one of the most important things we can do as artists, as humans. Um, one of the things that I write about is that your art is a record of your intuition. And I think that that makes it 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 doesn't always matter how that manifests you know it's just if you can find a way to make creative work feel safe enough for you to be in touch with your intuition to just allow it to exist as it is and even allow the expectations to exist as they're coming up because you can't deny expectations and that kind of results mindset when you're in the creative process you have to almost use it as a accompaniment or as a a companion to your creativity. And sounds like for you and for me, one of the biggest things is changing how we relate to that expectation mindset and the way that we think that things need to be that kind of certainty that we're really drawn to and really using that to change how we relate to ourselves as humans and how we become more accepting of ourselves as humans and That naturally, I think, lends itself to more interesting art or art that we're more proud of, more authentic expression.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the holding on to expectations and really being so focused on the control of the outcome doesn't necessarily allow you to bloom into what is actually there waiting for you. Um, And in a way, it's like, whatever you're heading towards is always the right thing that's waiting for you for that moment for that point in in consciousness but when you can allow and and be with the expectation as you said and kind of let it be your friend and and see where the possibilities could be headed but when you allow things just really open up and it's it's a really, for me, a, around that sense of control, I think. And, and it's really interesting what you just said, and I've never thought about this before, but how control is essentially for safety. And you need to feel safe in your creative process in order to allow it to flourish to its, its highest potential. And so what does that mean to you? What does safety in the creative process mean to you?
1: It's a great question. <laughs> um, I'm still figuring it out, you know, as, as I'm going. But at this moment, um, it means that I have permission to create exactly as I am. And that the highest form that I can create is through experimentation. I think experimentation is the highest form of creativity because how the the safety as a concept, if it's conditional... It's not safe. So if I'm going in with telling myself exactly what I need to do in order to be worthy, which is what I tried to do for so long, and which was I was just trying to be a songwriter before I got into the business side of the music industry. And I was always just trying to write the best song of all time, every time I sat down to write a piece of music. And in the beginning, I had so much purity and joy and and curiosity in the creative process. And that's what drew me to it. But it eventually ended up being taken over by my unmet emotional needs and me seeing or believing that creativity could be a way to get my unmet emotional needs met. So after that, I think I had to find a way of becoming more safe in my own skin that was unrelated to the art. So that looked like a lot of therapy, you know, a lot of... Uh, quality relationships, um, a lot of internal work that uh, I'm very grateful for other people in my life. I'm grateful for therapists, you know, medication, tons of things that have helped me get to a point of safety and that I think uh, lend to a certain kind of creative revolution within yourself. Um, but it's also not your fault if you don't feel safe when you're in that creative uh, place or just as a person. Um, it's not a moral failure to not feel safe, but there are things and mindsets that you can work towards to get some relief for yourself as a human and as a creative person. Um, and I think, um, the, the, the crucial part of this is, is that there's a therapeutic model that's called compassion focused therapy. And, uh, I went to a conference about it, even though I'm not a therapist or a professional, I just, just nerding out about it. <laughs> But there are three parts of this model, and it says that uh, like the human mind operates in three systems. There's the threat system, the drive system, and the soothing system. And I always thought that I needed my drive system to be more powerful, but my, the fact that I put so much pressure on my drive system actually just engaged the threat system. But what I actually needed to do was find ways to soothe myself and build the soothing system Because that was the true regulator of the kind of safety that I needed in order to become my own uh, more authentic version of myself, which then led to more authentic creativity.
0: Oh man, I resonate with that so hard. Um, So, where along the line, you know, as you were telling me before we started recording, you moved from running a hip hop label, working in publishing, managing artists, and R, etc., um, to going on this path that you're on now, being your own artist, working on your own uh, creative uh, drive. Essentially, where in the story did you start the inner work and start that process of um, establishing your own sense of safety? Ooh, um,
1: well, I think it starts with my parents. <laughs> I'm very fortunate to have two uh, parents that have been very open with me um, about you know their struggles, and and they have made it clear to me that it's a priority to um, take care of yourself, and that it's okay to express your confusion when you're confused. I mean, it all the the point where it it started for me, I guess, was just so much desperation of feeling like I was chasing a result so much that I couldn't do that result anymore because it felt like a sacrifice of uh, myself. But then um, a lot of therapy helped me get to the point of um, I need to give up all the certainty that I could ever uh want and that i was ever you know thought was going to be the answer I, i had to give up all the certainty that was going to i thought fill the void of why i was unhappy and get to a point of feeling like i can trust my own intuition and there was a point where i just had so much bottled up expression that i had kept down for so long because my own inner criticism was so paralyzing that there was a point after a psychedelic trip when it became much more, it became more of a threat to leave that inside myself than to let it out. And that started uh, by me just, I always wanted to be the best musician of all time. I wanted to be the best writer of all time. I criticized myself so much when I wasn't doing either of those things. They were things that I loved because um, I enjoyed music and I enjoyed writing, but I felt a calling to be a writer starting 10 years ago. But every day I didn't write, I would feel like I was a failure. And that was too much to bear. It was too threatening for me to find a way out of that. So I had to pivot to art, um, which is something that I had less expectations in. So it allowed me to build more of a fresh canvas literally um, of permission that I could give myself that wasn't tarnished by expectations. So even though art wasn't my natural inclination, it became a way that I could trust my own decision-making and start to examine how I related to my creative process and my own expectations of myself
0: hell yeah oh that's dude there's so much there that i like have to pick and choose where i'm like coming in next (laughs) Um, you're doing surgery right now. yeah yeah absolutely what's coming up for me right now is uh this idea of the best uh this idea of being the number one um especially in art uh but really what are the points of reference that you think you used to hold on to around being the best? And obviously there's, you know, the uh, drive of competition, the ego competition that's uh, intertwined in there. But where do you think this idea of, of the best um, comes from? What, po- what points of uh, societal conditioning? You know, I always think of American Idol and how... Yeah. Horrible of a perspective that has instilled in artists, <laughs> but <laughs> but like where yeah what just kind of what what sort of expectations were uh, revolving around this this drive to to be the best.
1: Great question, um, and I agree about American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, it was needing to f- feel like I was the best was a defense against feeling like I was the worst. You know, it was, I felt so bad about myself that the only thing that my brain could do was to imagine that I was the opposite of how I felt in order to try to regulate itself. Um, And I think that, like you said, there's a lot of societal conditioning that, especially in relation to art, where almost the visibility and how you are received is more important than the actual art itself, or that's what we're taught. And that's just not true. That's, there's a lot of institutions and a lot of, um, you know, of anti-human messaging that comes down through certain religion and education, things that value our productivity over our humanity. And I'm firmly against that. I can understand that there's a lot of um, forces and, and things that have made our society the way it is, but... I think that it's a disservice to ourselves as humans and artists to put the way that our art is received, which is mostly out of our ha- control, um, to align that with our perceived self-worth. You don't have to write the next great American novel. Just write what feels right to you. I think the biggest distinction, though, is are you trying to make art as a career or are you trying to make art as a means to express yourself and once you get to the point of being able to, um, actually, I'd like to ask you, um, was, it sounds like there were, for a long time, art had a career focus for you being um, head of a There was a lot of beliefs that you had there versus a means of expression or as more maybe pure motivations or internal motivations instead of ex- external motivations. How'd you get to that point of seeing that your beliefs were no longer serving you.
0: Oh man, um well yeah, I mean exactly like you said, I think that because I was on the business side of the music industry too, I considered it, you know, like oh, this is this is my career. This is how I will establish a career and and move up in in the public eye in the music industry etc but then i also realized that that is art in and of itself is creating that type of path and basically not i so i held on to this idea for a really long time that this was the identity that I was. This was who I was. This was who I should become because I had found myself in this position. And then slowly, actually, over the the quarantine, uh, you know, uh, thank you, quarantine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, It really forced me to turn in. Um, And I'd always done a lot of internal work, a lot of meditation, but really, really turn in and examine what I wanted and what I uh, what I would allow myself to see and to to open up with the possibilities, and so um, I before this this kind of realization came up, I had already started working on my own art, which is uh, a screenwriting and writing poetry and and different things like that, um, and I definitely at that point was holding on to this idea of being the best, of being this known, oh, I'm going to do this. I can I can screenwrite better than all these, <laughs> these writers. And it's just like it's so interesting to have that in the mind as the driver. Um, and then once I realized that I wanted to step out of this path and kind of go on to this new fork in the road was really where I understood that, as you said, it is a means of expression. And if I need to find other ways to make a career, to make uh, uh, money to, to live, then I will do that. But putting that type of pressure on the creative process wraps all of the lower self judgments and perceptions onto that path. And so it creates that attachment and that Okay, by doing this and creating this art, I'm going to become this, and I'm going to make this money from this, and I'm going to do this. That is, you can't uh, detach the small self paradigms and identity constructs from that pressure. And so it becomes this this need and this this, yeah, attachment, really, which as we were saying before, just pushes it further and further away and it's like this scrambling trying to to catch the carrot that's dangling in front of the face and so it's really i just reached a point of full acceptance and understanding that if i am pursuing a path of uh creativity and art then that is my expression that is my soul's expression it is not this need to create the income from that and if that happens from it beautiful like it's the byproduct and it's beautiful but attaching to that outcome just creates the control and as you said wraps it in the illusion of of safety almost and so really where that came from was just the internal work on myself on understanding Myself on the deepest level possible and doing the work of healing trauma of looking into the conditioning of Asking myself the right questions of what am I ignoring right now? What do I not want to see basically? What is the most inconvenient thing that uh, that could be shown to me right now? Because it's never really convenient what what ends up coming to you um because it's not it's not related to the small self's judgments and and that need for perfection and so as you said it really came from the path that wasn't pursuing the art it came from my humanness and understanding my uh true self d- not so desires but also the knowing the intuitive knowing within my true self and so now it's 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 opening up onto that idea of just my soul's expression and how I want to be able to express myself. and and when you remove that expectation, that creative process becomes a healing process. It becomes a a mirror re- that yes. reflects back to yourself uh, the points that you're you might not be seeing, that you might not look at. Um, if you're so stuck in those stories and those narratives all the time,
1: beautifully said, beautifully said. And I think that you touched on a lot of things that that I, I want to talk about and that I think are important. We're gonna have to do the same kind of surgery that we were just <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about. But the fact that it makes sense that we felt those things and had those expectations, yeah. you know, there's a long time when we. I think before we have awareness of what those expectations are, that there's a lot of self-punishing. It's just, you know that you're you're not at the point that you want to be at and that you're not getting the results that you want through your art, through your personal life, through your relationships. Um, And it just, that almost makes you feel like you need to double down even more to get the thing that you're after. But after you get to a certain point of a certain amount of internal work and maybe a little bit more awareness, you can see that, all of the things that you and the beliefs that you had absorbed or that you had had, they made sense given who you are as a human being, given the human nervous systems attempt to adapt around in a way to survive. And the product of the people that you've been raised around, the culture that you've been raised in, the society that you've been born into, the institutions that have influenced your thoughts and judgment. It makes sense why we felt these things. And that's, that is, I think, lends to the kind of healing that you're talking about in the creative process because before you, there's a, the biggest confusion I had was, okay, I have certain maladaptive or thoughts that I'm considering to be maladaptive, things that I don't want to be having. How do I get rid of those and push them out forever? Instead, through many years and a lot of therapy, giving those thoughts permission to exist as they are made me, Be able to detach from them and not be ruled by them as much so it's uh i I wrote an article a few years back that's called you are not your thoughts and the whole idea is that their thoughts have to you you can't think your thoughts before you think them (laughs) that sounds strange but it's like yeah we're not choosing what thoughts to think thoughts are reflexes and i think of them as evolution's pop-up ads they enter our brain through, you know, we can follow the path of them or not. A lot of thoughts arrive unconsciously. I don't know how many do, but we have 50,000 thoughts a day. We're not choosing what thoughts to think because I think Sam Harris said this, that would require that we think them before we think them. (laughs) (laughs) So the first step I think is to see that our thoughts are not things that we're consciously choosing and that allows us to remove our character and our moral virtues from our thoughts. Because there's a point where if we're believing everything that our thoughts are telling us, we think that thoughts are a reflection of our character. But if we're having thoughts automatically and unconsciously and coming from a part of us that mostly wants to keep us safe, but does that by presenting us with the thoughts that we would consider to be dangerous, and we're just going to be chasing our own tail and following, uh, following a path that comes from a certain level of insecurity in an attempt to get rid of that insecurity.
0: Yeah, completely. And I love what you said about how giving permission to allow those thoughts or those emotions, that internal energy to just be, to be with it and to sit with it because that's what this – Process and healing process creativity It's alchemization and it's alchemizing those Stories that are attached to those things Upwards from dense, you know, dark I put in quotes uh, Lower vibrational into higher vibrational up through Our awareness and the awareness and the willing to be With them and the, you know, the flashlight of attention literally shines that light on them and it's not the the attention of seeing these things with judgment seeing these things as the story that they bring but observing them from the neutralized perspective and asking the questions like what where does this come from within me what or 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 not and just being with them and seeing them and saying thank you thank you for keeping me safe thank you for loving me and being my friend to keep me safe essentially and i i didn't even really think about this until now but how the creative process and and using art to alchemize those things can be that healing process of putting those thoughts those dangerous thoughts or any Label of thoughts or emotions into art is the observation process, and it allows that that light to shine on the darkness, to shine on the unconscious that is sitting there controlling everything, and letting it rise up to the top and and alchemize out into the world.
1: Beautiful, man. It's like there are so many things that hit home about that, and mostly that. It, the the healing aspect of this is so underlooked because making something, expressing yourself, expressing what you're feeling is there's so much permission inherent in that on just a behavioral level, whether you consciously agree with it or not, because you're sitting down, you're saying, I am going to create something. You might be, have a lot of resistance and you probably will have a lot of resistance even when you're creating or even when you're looking at the thing that you've created because it falls short of some expectation that you have, some implicit expectation that you have. And you and me both, as we're creating, we probably both have the same experience of hating our work and loving it and hating it and loving it and both at the same time. And it's so confusing because how good is it? And I wanna finish it so I can share it with people and then they can tell me how good it is and that it resonated with them. But then it only gets three likes on Instagram. So I feel like shit and I think about taking it down and I'm so disappointed that this thing that I thought was beautiful is not getting the response that validates the feeling that I had that it was beautiful. So it must not be beautiful. Instead, it's ugly, it's horrible. It's every terrible emotion that i've ever had about myself as a human being and particularly how unsafe i didn't feel as a child and it's manifesting as like you said as a mirror that's showing me something that i really didn't want to happen but feels more true now than ever
0: oh man that was just like i got i got chills all over right there you pulled out the dialogue that's in my head on a on a consistent
1: basis well, thank you for validating my expression. I'm considering that a like on Instagram and that you just shared it on your story. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And like, to what you were saying, too, I love that you use the example of Instagram posts, because there's this definition around creativity and art that, again, we're very conditioned around that it's like, oh, you write a book, you write poetry, you make movies, uh, you paint, whatever, whatever it is, that's we have put creativity and art specifically in a box. And it's not in a box at all. It's like, we have these beautiful social media platforms that tend to, you know, they're very reflective, uh, I think, of our collective state of consciousness right now, which is what we've been talking about with the, the chase for perfectionism and validation and things like that. But but when they're used from the ob- observant mindset and the perspective of what is this showing me about myself right now, like that is creativity. That is art. You taking words that are flowing through you and putting them in a post and, and putting color to that post or no color. You're, you're placing something and creating it in the world that wasn't there before. And that is creativity
1: beautiful man. That's I'm writing about this. uh, I'm writing a book. And one of the main concepts in the book is comes from a concept by a psychologist named Eric Fromm. And what he said is that man is the only animal who doubts his own existence. And so there's so much uncertainty that now man is the animal that has (laughs) that is part of nature, but feels that he is distanced from nature. So he's wrestling with the own uncertainty that has led to his own existence and another layer down the line i think for us as artists is seeing that same process through our art we doubt our own existence through the art that we've has by all metrics has been a complete miracle that we've been able to sit down and create it but we doubt ourselves but we're actually doubting our own human existence But we see it as more of an indicator of our own moral failures when we fail and as our own moral successes when we succeed. So I think just like you said, uncertainty, I think creativity is a triumph over uncertainty, over the uncertainty that has led us to be miraculously and sometimes tragically born here. And that creativity is almost the biggest way that we can reclaim our own free will. Ooh. Because we, we haven't chosen to to be put here, but creativity is how we can take some of that uncertainty and become its collaborator instead of its victim.
0: Ooh, I love that so much, so much. And what's coming through right now for me is that, like, art and creativity is the bridge to the unknown. It's It's the bridge to that territory that is misty and and foggy and we don't really it 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 gives off the idea that there isn't safety in there and and it and it it almost allows us to bridge ourselves into that environment and teach ourselves that we are safe that we are that we are um Accepted that we can be accepted of ourselves, and and I love I just love what you said about free will because that is the game here as the human experience as being a human it is understanding our free will and Free will, again, we're conditioned around the physical movements and the um, externalized action around free will, but choice exists up here in the head before it exists in the external world. So it's like, how are you choosing to uh, perceive yourself? How are you choosing to perceive your art? How are you choosing to observe your thoughts? Are you choosing to become the story and the narrative that comes with them or are you exercising your free will and choosing to, to be the observer, not the, not the thoughts themselves. You are the observer of the thoughts. And so it, I, I just, yeah, you hit, you hit the nail on the head with that, with that free
1: will. Thank you. And you too. Um, And what you just said about the choice and what you're choosing to do. uh, I think it's much, I think we have much less free will, than we're taught to believe in that we, we are created by evolution. We, you know, have nervous systems that put survival above um, long-term happiness. There are a lot of choices we don't choose who we're born to. We don't choose, you know, the people that come into our lives. It's almost like we're choosing from a menu that's been created for us. And in the beginning that used to depress me a lot to, because I thought that I should have more free will than I actually felt. And I read a book, there's an amazing book um, that I'm looking at right now that's called Incognito, The Secret Lives of the Brain by David Eagleman, who's a neuroscientist. And he posits in that book that 60% of all thoughts that we have are unconscious. And that this is actually a miracle of evolution that we could have so many thoughts that are unconscious because there are so many things that our body has to do uh, in order to protect us and keep us safe. And that's how we've become so efficient evolutionarily as humans in order for all the processes to that keep us alive to operate but then coming back to the free will thing how can we it's almost like we have less free will than we think but more than we know because <laughs> it's different than you know the the kind that we've been led to believe by society which thinks that you know anybody can just pick themselves up by their bootstraps and become a billionaire that's much less common than than uh our culture would like to believe and it really puts a lot more up to morality and virtue and character which are some of the things that we control we can control our character to to a certain extent but we can't always control the things that happen as a result of the choices that we make therefore it's more logical and more um, accepting of being a human being to charter your life towards the things that you can control that you have more of the agency and free will around. And I think going back to what you were talking about, about um, going on a new path, a transitioning out of um, your current A&R role is you have the free will to make the decision to leave that. And you have the free will to create a path where you can create more free will for yourself. But the trade-off is that it's more uncertain and that you have to build a lot of that path yourself.
0: Yeah, completely. And yeah I love how you describe that because we're kind of thrust into this world of momentum and there's so much momentum already behind us kind of pushing us forward and you know, whether that is uh, it's all of these things, but the society you're born into, the culture, your family, um, your your neighborhood when you're growing up, and even things that happened, 200 years before you were born in that are embedded in your dna your ancestral dna that is passed down through lineage which is filled with more conditioned mindsets with more trauma with all of these things that are just continued to pass down and so you're you're kind of like you see you know say say on a soul level that you do choose which which body to incarnate in and you're and you're kind of picking the point in time where you're incarnating it's like it's this stream that's flowing and you're just like all right I'm jumping into it and then it's like <laughs> whoa it just takes you with it you know like the current in the ocean and that's where the free will comes in it's how are you choosing to respond to that how are you choosing to to view all of that, what meaning are you choosing to give all of this? Are you choosing to be uh, in a victim mindset? Which there's nothing wrong with being in a victim mindset. There's nothing bad. That it's it's just what it is. It's a role to play. But you can choose another mindset as well. And there's like these two these two options almost of assigning meaning to the neutrality that is the momentum that is always pulling us forward. And, um, I completely just lost my train of thought, but yeah, that's, that's the end of that rant for now. (laughs)
1: Oh man, it's all good. There's that. I, what you were saying about that, um, made me think about, yeah, the, the meaning I would love what you were saying about the meaning because you're, I would disagree about it being a victim mindset. Just the name of that, um, I think we're all victims of we're, – we're almost victims and champions of our own humanity. And there's a certain amount of um, choice we have in reframing the narrative of the things that happen to us in our lives so that we can try to make meaning of why things the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a great book um, by Will Storr that's called The Science of Storytelling. Highly, highly recommend it. But it just talks about how inherent stories are in the evolution of – of humans and society and institutions and why we believe what we do, the the kind of myths and stories and fables that allow us to interpret experience and to interpret the possibility of our future experience, and so I think we're both victims and we're both champions. If if we're thrust into this at uh, and we're we're everything in between that too. Yep. If we're thrust into this against our 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 will that's another thing eric Fromm talks about in his book we're thrust into this against our will and we're taken from it against our will we never signed the contract that said i am choosing to be born on this date at this time and i'm choosing to be released on this date and this time we're here without a manual we have to figure it out as we go along and uh, we get a certain amount of choice in the meaning that we ascribe to the experiences that we don't really get to choose that happen to us and then we get to ascribe the meaning to the experiences we choose that we have chosen to happen yeah I think there's more uncertainty um, than than we can conceive of a lot of the time and the way that we can make sense of that for ourselves is to just try and be more and more compassionate and more and more forgiving because like you said at the beginning control uh, is largely an illusion certainty doesn't exist and Uncertainty, I think, is the first fundamental law of the universe. Oh, I'm so yeah. I, I'm so glad you said
0: that. Yeah, it's like nothing's we can create the illusion of certainty, um, but it's not. It's it's not certain, especially when it's based in an external uh, circumstances. And so the certainty comes from the internal perception. You know the the certainty that you do have knowing that you can uh, stand in your choice as to what you're saying. There's always the two options in front of us in every moment, the champion or the victim, and what are we choosing in each moment? Um, And they're never not there. We can always choose them, but it's about the certainty. You know, I always say that the three things in our control are our perception, our perspective, and our action. And it's a building process into those because when it's all unconscious, you know, and you're moving through these kind of phases um, where you're beginning to step into the healing and the observing process, a lot of the action isn't necessarily in your control, but it kind of is because you've been making those choices unconsciously. So it's just, it's just a full loop of, of paradox essentially. Um, But where so you're you're a science guy, right? I can I can hear that you're. I can hear with the, the book references and the things that you're talking about that you are are you dive into the science um, uh, field around all of this stuff. And so, what have you found? And I I know it might be hard to put you know the best or the most impactful thing, but what has opened your awareness around the science behind creativity? And I'm like very Mm. genuinely personally interested in this because i have i haven't really you know come across that yet in in my path so far
1: great question um i think that uh just to preface i think i'm a science guy but i'm also a a spiritual guy in terms of um the human spirit and i i definitely have a tendency to over intellectualize but there, there's something about the science that seems uh, or that was more approachable for me in the midst of all of my confusion and self-hatred and perfectionism because uh, if it's objectively true or at least as close to objectively true as possible, then I can't even doubt it. So you're right. I, I, do, I do lean more towards the science. Um, but in terms of the science of creativity, um, I think – I don't know. And I think more of it has to do – I think the artist definitely tends to, as a stereotype, think more about the craft of their art than they do the attention that they pay to their own emotions and the quality of their own internal experience. I think that there's – There's a tendency and when I was doing this for so long of trying to only focus on the result of what I made instead of allowing myself to feel while I was making and taking inventory of all of the self-limiting beliefs that I had, um, all the trauma I had. Uh, It's almost like the trauma created blinders to the only to developing the safety that I needed in order to gain more agency over the trauma. So,
0: so it, it's almost like. A, the, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was gonna say. So it's almost like the science, as we were talking before, is much more about the human and the human function, and how the creative process that comes from that is allowing that that channel just to open up, and the science really comes down to you know microbiome uh your nervous system um all of those you know neuroscience how all of these things kind of intertwine in the human body and the how that science allows us to better understand the internal functions and processes to let that creativity come through
1: totally totally agree and that's that's i don't know if you've had a similar experience but i used um, intellectualization and thinking and logic and try supposed rationality as a way of almost distancing from myself from my body when I didn't feel safe enough to be in my body. And so that was the only problem solving tool that I had that it became the only thing that I, it was the only axe that I had that was sharpened and that I could see things you know happening from that it was the only way i could cut down any trees and collect lumber for myself it was the only thing that made sense for me to do and then the science studying about the science um gave me some more perspective on the things that were happening in my body that i didn't understand and almost gave me a way to forgive myself Because I didn't, at a certain point, I didn't think that I even had an unconscious mind. All I knew was that I was suffering and I thought that every decision I make was conscious and therefore I was the exact reason for my suffering. And I was suffering so much that, yeah, if, if you tell me that I'm miserable and that the exact reason that I, that I'm miserable is because I'm the worst person in the world, you know, I'm, it's a self reinforcing feedback loop of negativity that's believing that I have much more Agency in my own logical mind being the only thing that exists, and really a denial of my body and all of the unconscious processes that really led to a lot of the confusion that I had. Is it similar for you, or?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I haven't stepped too far onto the science aspect of it. Um, I basically just throw myself into experience. <laughs> and yeah. so like I, you know, when I first uh, understood that I wanted to look into myself and, and heal myself, I I went to a few sessions of therapy and then didn't really end up connecting uh, with it myself. And so, sure. you know, I had heard about um, float tanks and, and meditation and, and different things like that. And so um, I – I'm the type of person that doesn't necessarily need, uh, the tangible scientific evidence in order to just say like, oh, well, that makes sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it out. <laughs> and so I just kind of thrust myself into the experience and let my intuition do, uh, the feeling through it. And so I'm, I'm definitely now stepping more into like, I, I want to better understand the science and because, you know, again, with the polarized mindset in this third dimension that we're in, we always go to, oh, well, is it spirituality or is it science? Is it science or is it religion? And it's like there's a meeting point in the center where all of these things exist and they're all talking about the same universe and being able to bring all of it into our life Um is the goal, I think, and to move through that polarization into the neutral path that's in between. But essentially, to what you were saying, um, listening to people talk about the scientific side of things, I just hear it and you know, on podcasts and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, wow, that makes so much sense. I'm going to try this. Because I've heard The scientific evidence around it and so um yeah i just again i think it's it's all about what's subjective to you and what you feel like is calling to you and understanding that some people are more right brain uh you know located to whereas it's like that's the kind of creative intuitive side to whereas some people are left brain more focused where it's scientific evidence fact fact first and there's nothing wrong with either of the two it's just about examining your own calling and what's resonating with your heart and kind of uh just stepping into that path
1: totally and i think we can have proclivities towards one or the other um and but like you said before the the integration of all those parts is at the end of the day i think it would just be nicer if more people accepted accepted themselves as human beings Um, whether they get there through science, creativity, spirituality, psychology, therapy. Um, And I I love that you seemed like had more of natural trust in your intuition uh, than I did to be able to trust that enough that you didn't need to point to a cited paper to tell you how many, that we have 50,000 thoughts a day and that, you know, you don't need to believe all of them because you're not creating all of them. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I'll hear someone on a podcast say that and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that makes fucking sense. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I have I have all of those thoughts a day. Um, and so, yeah, for me, it's just much more about kind of uh, seeing what resonates in that. Um, and I think it's about releasing this idea, you know, of absolutism of, of this is the only way this is because in a sense that's control and that's safety. And it's like, well, this is the only way this universe works. Um, I, I need this in order to feel comfortable, to feel safe around that and maybe inviting the unknown a little bit more into your perspective and holding space for the possibility of, well, maybe this could be part of the puzzle too maybe this isn't just the the single point of of truth essentially
1: totally because if you um there's a certain point where if you cling to too tightly to any one belief you're um you need to believe things in order to interpret the world you need to have these beliefs but there's a dogmatic quality that a lot of people have with their beliefs that it is true. Therefore, everything else is false. They think about the world in a math equation kind of way, and they tie themselves to certain beliefs that are more about the aspirational identity that they want to have than whether it's objectively true or not. But let me ask you this. Um, I know that you mentioned that you're doing more creative stuff now and expression through poetry and your screenplays. Um, is that a natural thing for you to do um, in terms of the the craft? And then also, are how are you on the front of giving yourself permission to and the inner critic that comes up?
0: Ooh, well, for it it, it does feel um, natural to me um, for the most part. Uh, I think what i've let go of is the need to make it public uh immediately or just releasing that that need of like this needs to be validated once i make it um and so that's been huge or else yeah, yeah. or else or else did you actually make it do you even <laughs> exist <laughs> yeah
1: exactly. do you even
0: exist yeah, yeah exactly and so like you know i was very It was like, oh, I'm writing all these poems. Like, what am I gonna do with them? Am I gonna make make a book? Am I gonna structure them on Instagram this type of way? It's it's very much releasing that control mindset around them and letting them be. Um, And you know, a lot of times they'll they'll come out of me in terms of the poetry, and then and they don't fully, they almost don't fully soak in. When they first come out and I see them and I give myself a little bit of space and then I'll go back to them a uh, few weeks later, a month later, and I read it and I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hell yeah. Thank you for writing this, Ryan, because this is, this is a message to me. This is the reflection to me that I don't need validation for it. I am my own validation. Um, and I think, i'm still very much working through that on the screenwriting aspect um mm-hmm. the screenwriting aspect because it's a much more uh dense process of you well i don't think it has to be i think i create that perception around <laughs> it too but but um just seeing like oh well you know once I write this screenplay, then it needs to go through this to get made and this and this. And so I'm still holding on to that idea of like, it needs to manifest itself physically in the world in order for me to be uh, content with it, Um, which definitely holds me back from even working on it in the first place. And that's, the thing that I'm really working through on the screenwriting portion right now. And like you've said, the expectations around it of like, oh, I need to sit down for an hour every day and work on this. And it's like, well, why? why do i need that why can't i work on it for 10 minutes today and then uh not work on it tomorrow and then the day later work on it for 45 minutes and just like letting it fluctuate and flow in how it how it wants to be seen and 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 move through me and just knowing that the more that i work on myself and the more that i understand myself in a line that that flow that that instrument that channel um which is me to be aligned um then the more it's going to manifest itself through me and so this actually brings up have you read the book big magic by elizabeth Uh, gilbert
1: yeah a a few years ago it was it was mind-blowing when i read it yeah
0: yeah it's so cool because she talks about how creative ideas have their own spirit and how they're choosing who to manifest through and um how like that's why uh creative ideas are duplicated almost sometimes identically from multiple people and multiple sources because they want to be manifested in the in the world uh, and so they choose multiple people and it's like it's like you're getting the blessing of being able to work with this creative idea and so cherishing that process and almost knowing that it's like a sacred process that you are being chosen with this idea this idea has seen you and it said i i choose you for now if you don't treat me right and if you don't if you don't give me unconditional love i may go to someone else but i am choosing you for this moment
1: that's beautiful and and the the idea of you know I mean, there's so many things I want to, I want to say, but going back to what you were saying about um, poetry and screen screenwriting is that there's, you have two completely different frameworks there of, it sounds like you're very internally validated with the poetry, mm-hmm. but you're maybe not at that same level yet with the screenplay. Yeah, And it sounds like it's much easier for you on a, to, I mean, what you said was beautiful that thank you me for writing this because it was like a, a gift that I gave myself. I think that that's a a kind of honoring of your own intuition. And you talked about the science of creativity. I think the science of it maybe just comes down to honoring the things that we feel matter to us in that moment by giving ourselves permission to feel safe and worthy enough that we can honor the things that matter to us in that moment. And the fact that you have that now as a template through poetry is going to be able to be applied to your screenwriting because it's, you've already done that model. It's just, how do you get to that same point? Obviously there's a big difference in the nature of the two poems can be much shorter and quicker than a screenplay. But the fact that you've done that is now a template that you're going to be able to give to any form of expression that calls to you in that moment and that you're going to be able to do it beyond poetry or screenwriting. If those are, if you ever want to dabble in any other mediums, I think that whatever the, whatever the expression is, the medium is just the translator for that expression. Going back to Elizabeth Gilbert's idea that these expressions, no matter how they come out, they're resembling more of the human spirit and what, us as humans have felt called to express and release and trust enough in ourselves to create. And so it almost seems silly then to be breaking it down into music, film, art, TV, all these different genres. They're just expressions of things that we felt meant to us and that we'd like to explore. And what is there anything more beautiful than a human being born into an uncertain world that is then able to take some of that uncertainty that they were born into and channel it to something that can make them feel stronger and hopefully make others feel stronger as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, as you were saying that, you know, I'm seeing it as like, it's a dance, you know, each time you're stepping into uh, writing that poem or working on that screenplay or, or painting, it's it's the dance with that creative flow because every moment is new. Every experience is brand new. We just imprint our past and our expectations on it and think, oh, well, it should look like this. It should look like this. But it's the dance. It's allowing things to flow through. And I love what you just said, because I fully believe that creativity, you know, it is the essence of life. It is the essence of the universe of the creative consciousness is creation. And so When that essence is cut off or it is given certain expectations defined in a certain box, we don't even see building a business as creativity, building a business as art. There's this Andy Warhol quote that I like, uh, that I am in love with, and it's it's just, business is the most interesting art. (laughs) And it's like, it's true. And when you, you know, again... When you focus on that process of aligning the energy, really stepping into your authentic self, working on expressing that authentic self through the throat chakra, chakra through that energy, and then using that truth to put in action, your business is your art too. You are creating that. And even if you aren't creating your own business, you're creating your life every day. You're, you're manifesting what is running in your conscious in your subconscious programs as you said i've even heard it said that you know only five percent of our of our thinking is our conscious mind the rest of the rest of everything is our subconscious and unconscious and so understanding that with all of the, this momentum and these things that are passed down in, through our lineage that's running programs in our subconscious and through then societal conditioning We're unconsciously manifesting and creating a life and a path that we don't even realize we could have more agency over. And yeah, it's just, this is perfectly full circle for this conversation because it's like creativity is not the box that we've been conditioned to think it is. It's so abstract. It's, it is life. It is the essence of what it means to be a human being
1: exactly exactly and go, tying that back to the Andy Warhol quote you said wh- what was the the Andy Warhol quote again
0: uh i believe that it's just business is the most interesting form of art
1: perfect and i'd say creativity is the or that art is the business of being human and documenting that humanity oh, i love it <laughs> you know because that's that's yeah art is the business of being human um because we're all human, whether, you know, we haven't chosen to be, but we're all here. And then if we can document it, we can honor something that we felt through the agency that we have to document maybe the feelings that we didn't choose to feel, but that we can turn them into something that can then release a valve of confusion or or tension within ourselves, and then hopefully help other people process their own experience. It's like you have an entrepreneur Uh, a top entrepreneur going to universities to teach other entrepreneurs how to become better at their business art teaches us how to understand ourselves better and our own internal experience and I think it's the creative process like we were saying earlier is the process of being human and uh, that's the best thing that we can honor it's less about the paintbrush strokes although that's important too but it's more about what it represents for us. And there was a point when I was in all the midst of my confusion and which I'm still have confusion to this day. Don't get me wrong. But the point where it was the strongest that I had ever been, um, that I was so, I was like, why would I ever go to a museum? Why would I ever go and listen to somebody else's art or like, why would I go to something? Um, and there's a point where I was so disconnected from myself that I was disconnected from everything else. But then after, certain amount of internal work and therapy, I began to be able to see myself in songs and art and, um, and just see that I was actually, there's a great James Baldwin quote that says, you think your suffering is unparalleled in everybody that's ever been born. And then you read. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's really a vessel I think to connect with ourselves and with the other people that we've, uh, been surrounded with and to be able to see that another quote that what is most personal is most universal that's carl rogers hell I love yeah that.
0: i love it and like what you said it's like you're not separate to the art like you are the art the art is you there is no it's just like nature you are nature like nature there's no separation there besides the illusion that we power towards it and totally it's there's no separation at all it's it's completely unified and and you are the art you're the you're the painter the paintbrush the canvas and the paint (laughs) you're all of it
1: (laughs) and it's easier to uh to accept that or to allow yourself to move through the creative process when you don't think that you're just some uh automaton that needs to get 5000 likes on every Instagram post in order to prove to yourself that you're worthy or that you exist because like you said you are every aspect of the creative process um and life art they're both just much safer once you are able to slowly chisel uh, away the confusion that says that you are an isolated being yeah because You can feel that way and that's validated and you can validate the fact that you feel that way. But empirically, going back to science, that's not true. There's no difference between you and nature exactly like you just said. Yeah, We are the canvas, we're the paintbrush.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so we're coming very full circle right now. There's one final thing that I just wanted to touch on. um, And I think it's the overall gist of this conversation that we had, but the misconception that In order to create great art, um, you need to suffer. Um, and that in order to be a, um, extraordinary artist, you need to be in constant pain and you need to be in suffering because that's what creates the great art. And so I just love to get your perspective on that as well.
1: Man, I was just writing about this yesterday. Um, (laughs) so I'm glad you raised it. Another synchronicity. Um, I think it's not true. I think that suffering is a natural part of being human. I think that there's a certain amount of sensitivity that creative people have, and that gives us a lot of gifts, but that also allows us to interpret um, things on a level that make us suffer. However, we should never deny help for ourselves because we think it's going to help our art to continue to suffer in the way that we're currently suffering. If we take care of ourselves as human beings and tend to that above the art, the art will benefit, but more than that will benefit as human beings. If you imagine a tree, we, th- we spend so much time trying to decorate the leaves instead of actually tending to the root, because the leaves are the things that people see when they first see it. But if you treat the root as if it's a human being, if it's us in this case, if we make room for all of our humanity, there is no way that the art is going to get worse. It's going to get so much better because we're giving ourselves to be permission. We're giving ourselves to embody the, the natural permission that we've had since we were born. We're giving ourselves permission to trust our own authenticity, to regulate our own emotions, to accept um, the compassion that we've been deserving Of from ourselves for so long there is no way that that is going to suddenly make you stop being creative i think it's going to naturally lend to the acceptance of ourselves as human beings is going to lead us to express ourselves more fully and to be able to continue to evolve and trust our own authenticity and there's one quote that i absolutely love by the psychologist dw winnicott and it's It is only in being creative that the individual discovers the self.
0: I'm just soaking that in.
1: What do you think, though, about that misconception?
0: I think that it's a, you know, I think that people who have suffered and been in pain for a long, for a, a lot of their lives have created great art. And I think that, that has allowed people to create great art but i think that by adopting that mindset it's almost like a subconscious uh identity imprint that circulates around the artistic community is that like oh well i suffer i'm in pain so maybe i should make art and that's beautiful it's that if that's what drives you to making art but understanding that that is not the source of your art you are the source of art and you are the source of all creative consciousness and that is not um singular to suffering or or exclusive to pain and that doesn't mean that you won't experience suffering or you won't experience pain because these are emotions on the spectrum of the human experience but being the observer of those and not becoming those and knowing that your identity does not your artistic identity and human identity because they're essentially intertwined as we were saying it is not dependent on the amount you suffer in life because that is just that your tree analogy is so perfect when you tend to the roots it's going to make this beautiful, flourished tree with, with colorful leaves or whatever whatever comes out on the branches. And that's as beautiful as it's supposed to be. And that's removing that control, removing that expectation, um, using the process to observe the suffering, observe the narratives of pain and and suffering that come through you, but knowing that you are not that. You are... The alchemist for that specifically.
1: Beautifully said. And I know we're coming up on time. So I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this, which is that I absolutely love what you just said, because you are not that suffering. I think if you take care of the art, if you take care of the artist, the art will take care of itself. The thing that you're giving up, though, once you're making that transition is a lot of the familiarity. Because I think when you believe that you need to suffer in order to make art, what you're into, in order to make your best art, what you're really having to give up is a certain kind of familiarity and comfort in that particular brand of suffering that you've experienced, because you're going to suffer in different ways once you give that up but in the whole and in the long run you're going to be able to flourish in that tree that you might not be able to envision yet you might not be able to know what the colors of the leaves are going to be like you said but that tree is going to flourish much more if you tend to the root instead of prioritizing the final tip of each leaf
0: oh man absolutely beautiful that, that... I'm so excited for people to hear this conversation and I'm so grateful that we crossed paths and I can't wait to see your path forward and and what is coming and I just feel things brewing with both of us right now and I know that there are are much much more things to come and so why don't you uh, let people know where they can find you um, on Instagram. I highly, highly suggest... Giving Jesse a follow on Instagram because every post is just like so fucking spot on and just helps uh, minimize that that fear and that anxiety around life and creativity. So why don't you just let people know?
1: I will let people know, but first, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Like you said, uh, feel stuff brewing too. I think we're on very similar paths and um very excited for the chance to for people to hear this, but also for us to connect. And thank you for doing this with the podcast, giving voice to people to uh, embody more of that creative consciousness and more of their own humanness through creativity and through spirituality. So um, thank you so much for having me. If people want to follow me, they can do so at jesse.sussman. that's S-U-S-S-M-A-N, jessie.sussman on Instagram. And uh, if you'd like to sign up for my newsletter, you can do that as well at jessiesussman.studio.com slash newsletter um but i mean it's been a real pleasure this has been my first podcast ryan so thank you for making it a good one.
0: Oh, absolutely man it's been my pleasure as well and those those socials uh he just mentioned uh and website i'll make sure that they're linked in the show description and show notes uh so they're easily located but hell yeah man i'm excited to do this again and just thanks once again for uh for giving us your perspective
1: thank you for enabling for me to share that and for us to work together to we've got i think i got a lot of clarity on things as we were talking and so it's awesome to uh, to keep it so let's let's keep it moving forward hell yeah absolutely man